So what I want to do this morning is um, bring your attention to two prophetic words that uh, we've received recently. One of them being uh, Drew's word from last week. So if you're a visitor here today or you're new, I apologise that you won't have heard them before, but you will at least hear them today. So that's good. So, But I just want to remind us, bring our memories back to them, because it's so easy, it's so easy to hear something from God and then move along. And we don't want to be a people that move along for the sake of moving along or moving along because, because there are times when we should sit and be. There are times when we should stand and there are times when we should walk. And it's like we need to sit when God wants us to sit. We need to walk when he wants us to walk. We need to run when he wants us to run and be that aware of what he's saying. So, um, and, and hopefully I'll bring some scriptures to us as well, depending on how I, how I go on and the time and stuff like that. So, firstly, about a month ago, so back on the 10th of September, Helen Azer from Heartcry, uh, as a visiting speaker, came and spoke to us. And part of that message, she shared with us a prophetic word. Now, that word wasn't specifically for us as a local church, She'd got it back in January and she felt it was a word for his church. Um, But it it resonated with me. And um, because uh, from from January this year, we've been really um, encouraging us to know Jesus and to make him known. That's our vision, to know Jesus, to be intimately acquainted with Jesus, to have this relationship with him. And having that relationship with Jesus, we have a relationship with God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, that we know more and more deeply this God who made, made us and invites us into intimacy. But also we have got a call upon us and a responsibility, a privilege, a joy to make him known as well, that we're to know Jesus and to make him known, to make him known with our, with our voices, but to make him known with the way we live and our actions. So let's read, um, let's read um, Helen's words. So it says this. I hear the Lord say, I want to restore the hand-eye coordination of my church. For you have looked and you have seen many projects, many plans, many purposes, many missions, and you have put your hand to the plough and you have attempted to do many things in your own strength. But this is a day when that which you've put your hand to and where you've been frustrated because it's been futile or has felt like it's limited in its outreach, it's limited in its influence, and it's limited in its capacity, God would say to you, look to me, behold me afresh, for I will restore your hand-eye coordination. And it doesn't start with your hand, it starts with looking. It starts with seeing from the right perspective. It starts with seeing me. Behold me. The Lord would say, and then 
Behold my people and behold the world. For as you look at me, as you see me, as you look afresh and be captivated by me, so I will enable you then to take hold of that which I have destined for you to do and to take hold of that which I am taking hold of in these days, to take hold of that which I've equipped you for. And you will be fulfilled and you will be satisfied for it's a deep level of satisfaction that is coming to you, says the Lord your God. And it's a satisfaction that comes from knowing that which you put in your hand is truly fruitful. And God would say, I'm breaking the spirit of futility at this time. I'm breaking off you every containment. I'm breaking off you every area where the enemy has put a brace and a limitation upon you. Everywhere where he has put the brakes on. God would say, I'm releasing the handbrake today for I am restoring your hand-eye coordination. God would say to you, look to me and be captivated. Look to me and behold me. For as you behold me, I will enable you to behold my people and behold your world. As you do that, you will be fruitful again. For I am the God who saw you. I saw you from before you were formed in your mother's womb. I saw you and then I placed destiny within you. Even as I was with, I was the only one who saw Hagar in the wilderness, in her pain, I see you and I want you to see my people. I want you to be my hands, but in order for you to be my hands, I need you to behold me. I need you to get this in the right order. Behold me and I will restore your hand-eye coordination. For then, like Jesus, when you reach out, your hand, you will heal the sick, you will raise the dead, you will cast out demons, you will reach out your hand and do only what you behold your father is doing. So what do you have in your hand? Behold me and you will see what I have placed in your hands. Behold me, behold me, my people." So uh, a word that was running all the way through that was, behold me, not me, but him. Behold God, behold Jesus. Now, that beholding word is like not necessarily, I don't often walk along the road and go, behold. <laughs> I, but, but the word behold in the dictionary says this, to see or to observe someone or something especially of remarkable or impressive nature. So who do you know who has got a remarkable and impressive uh, nature uh, about them? Jesus. Jesus is remarkable. Jesus is impressive. To behold him. And so we've got the scriptures to behold him. We can read about him. We can know the stories of Jesus, the way he uh, treated people, the way he spoke to people, what he said, what he did. We can behold him because Jesus is remarkable and impressive, the most remarkable and the most impressive. 
Now, I always like to think, when I think of a word like behold, I, I like to give it, well, what other similar words are there? So I looked up a few. Not all of the ones that I found, but a few of them. Look at. So all the time think Jesus. Look at Jesus. See Jesus. Observe Jesus. View Jesus. Watch. Survey. Gaze. Gaze upon. Stare at. Witness. Contemplate. Inspect. Notice, discern, perceive, take note of, pay attention to, consider, set eyes on. And the author of Hebrews in verse 12 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus or fixing our eyes on Jesus or let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. In the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says this, looking away from all that will distract us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus. So we're called to behold Jesus because of who he is, because he's remarkable, because he's impressive, because he's special, because he's anointed because he's God. Behold him, look to him, be captivated by him. If you've got your Bible, if you turn to uh, Luke's Gospel, uh, Luke chapter 10. So it's the uh, account where Jesus and his disciples were on their way, and it says this, as Jesus' disciples were on their way, sorry, did I not tell you? I thought you'd know it, sorry. Luke 10, verses 38 to uh, 42. Luke 10, 38 to 42. So as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus and his disciples are um, going along. They came to a village where a woman named Martha lived. And what did Martha do? she opened up her home to him. When she opened up her home to Jesus, do you think she left the others outside? She opened up her home to Jesus and his followers, his companions, his apprentices. So she's making Jesus her home available to him. So here you go, Jesus. She has got the most impressive, the most 
remarkable person ever to walk the earth, God in a human body, in her home. But she's not beholding him. She's not beholding him. What is she? She's distracted. She's distracted by all the things that need to be done. Now, I'm sure there were things that needed to be done. But in that moment, she had the opportunity to behold Jesus. That was Martha. Mary, it says this, Mary, her sister, sat at the Lord's feet listening or beholding or looking at or gazing upon or surveying. She wanted to know this Jesus. She wanted to know him. She wanted to listen to him. She wanted to hear what he had to say to her. She was open to be taught by him. She sat at his feet. She was not distracted. She was captivated by Jesus beholding him. Martha was distracted. It's good she invited Jesus into her home, but she got caught up with things. She was worried and upset by things. Worried and upset, and Jesus is in the house. Distracted, and Jesus is in the house. Then Martha, in her distracted place, decides to tell the God of all creation what he should do. She's the advisor to the Almighty. Tell my sister to help me. Don't you care? Don't you care that my sister isn't helping me? That she has left me to do all the work on my own? Can you see the friend of self-pity? Can you see the friend of resentment and bitterness and judging and demanding because she's not beholding Jesus. And she's saying, look, Martha, how can I tell Mary to do something that is totally not what I want? I want you to come and meet with me. I want you to behold me. I want you to experience me. I want you to know me. I'm here. You've got me. I'm all yours. It's so easy. I'm not, I'm not at all blaming or accusing Martha. I mean, yeah, I can be a Martha, but I want to be a Mary. Do you know what I mean? We can so easily be distracted. What this isn't talking about is anti-serving or anti-doing or anti-working. Just as Helen said, she, that she felt God wanted to get out hand-eye coordination, right, and first comes like beholding him, then we can be his hands and feet. Mary could meet with Jesus, sucking all his goodness, all his life, all his power, everything that he's got for her, and then she could go and do the things in the right way and with the right spirit. Submitted to Jesus, she could be the right person in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing in the right way. Martha, not beholding Jesus, not submitting to him, inviting him round, 
but being distracted and caught up and worried and upset. She wasn't being the right person in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing in the right way for, for the glory of God. That's not what she was doing. She was making friends with self-pity and judgment and bitterness and resentment and telling God what to do. Ouch. And so we are to be those that get it right, get the order right, to know Jesus and then to make him known. We need to be those that have got a servant heart. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus because that's what we are. But if we do it disconnected from him in our own strength, people will get our own strength. And some of that own strength will be judgy and critical and demanding and accusing. When we do things submitted to him, beholding him out of the overflow of relationship what comes out is Jesus is Christ-likeness this disconnected from him what comes out is self old self maybe with the best will maybe with the best intentions but what they're getting the people around us is less than Jesus we are then falling short of the glory of God. But when we behold him and are intimate and relating well with him, then we can, carrying the very presence of God, bring forth glory of God that people will see our good deeds, our good actions, and glorify him and praise him. Because it's not about us. We're carriers. We're messengers. And so we need to be those that are being, we just be, we be, be, be still and know that I am God. But we also need to be those that are serving. Like So just before that uh, passage, you've got the passage of the Good Samaritan. Jesus is saying, look, there was, there was a guy who needed help and all these religious people walked past and didn't help. But this enemy of yours, he helped, he served, he gave his time, his effort, his energy, his transport. He gave it. And I want you to be like your enemy because you're caught up in yourself, in your religion. They weren't beholding Jesus. They were caught up in the busyness of, it wasn't churchianity then, it was Judaism, but they were caught up in the busy stuff rather than knowing him. And just as Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say, I judge what I hear. He often withdrew to lonely places, got away and spent time with his father because he knew, he knew that that was the right way to do life. People going, oh, everyone's coming. Busy day, Jesus, brilliant. You're a star, you're famous. Everyone wants to know you. And he says, I'm off. Because it's more important that I live for the audience of the one than for everybody else. Jesus was not a people pleaser. He pleased his father. And we can be so caught up with pleasing other people, even with the best will and intention, that we miss out on beholding him and we're not serving in the right manner and the right way. We need to behold him. 
God will restore our hand-eye coordination. It, we will know Jesus and make him known if we choose to behold him and respond to him, to be captivated by him. And then we, we hear um, in, in other parts of the Bible where, where Paul talks, uh, when he talks to the church at Colossae, he says this, uh, to this end, so he's, he's got his work, he's got his missionary work, his missionary labour to go and uh, see Christ formed in people. For people to know about Jesus, to know that Jesus uh, had died for them, that he was buried in the tomb, that he was raised from the dead, that he'd poured out the Holy Spirit. I want you to know him. I want you to know him. I want you to come and follow him. I want your lives to be shaped by him. I want you to be conformed to his likeness. But he says this, to this end I, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. We need to submit the ordinary to him so that we can be extraordinary. It's Jesus that turns the water into wine. It's Jesus that takes us and makes us more. We can't do it in our own strength, or in our own power, or in our own way. I love it when Jesus did uh, turn the water into to wine, and there were people there, there were servants there, and Jesus' mum got involved, and she said to them, do whatever he tells you to do. Do whatever he tells you to do. And Jesus said, go and get some jugs, big things of water. But that resonates with me. Do whatever he tells you to do. So that we work, we, we do stuff out of relationship and out of revelation, like this, this is what he wants me to do, rather than out of ought and should. Now I know there are those jobs that need to be done, but when we're doing them, when we're doing the washing up with him, it's different to when we're doing the washing up full of self and moaning, and why am I the only one doing this? Got a house full of people, they're not doing anything. That's the time to stop and go and behold him, and then go back to the washing up, or whatever it is that you're moaning and complaining about. Because we lost perspective, and we've taken our eyes and our gaze off him, and we've put it on ourselves or on others, and we're missing it. Behold him, behold him. He will enable us. He will give us everything we need. All his grace is sufficient to enable us to do the things that he wants us to do. So, behold him. You know, there are sheep that run around because there are other sheep running. And there are sheep that run around or walk around or sit because... They see the shepherds. Be the sort of believer in Jesus that sees what the shepherd is doing. Know the shepherd. Get peace from the shepherd. Security from the shepherd. Provision from the shepherd. Care and attention from the shepherd. Run to the shepherd. Don't fall down ditches and don't get eaten by wolves. The safest place to be is with the shepherd. So see the shepherd. Ask God, if you, if you don't know, will you show yourself to me? I remember praying a prayer years ago where I just said, 
God, if you are real, will you let me know? Will you let me know? Because I've met these people, they're all talking about they know this Jesus, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether they're mad or, or, or just nice or like, would you let me know? And he did. He let me know. I believe God will answer that prayer. So, knowing him is the most important thing. Knowing him. Like Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, it says that, you know, there were those that said, Lord, in your name we did this. In your name we prophesied. In your name we cast out demons. In your name we did this. And Jesus says, I never knew you away from me. So let's not get so caught up in the work of the Lord that we forget the Lord of the work. But equally, let's not get so caught up beholding that we don't then turn and behold other people around us and the world around us and know that we're sent for mission. And this is what uh, Drew brought to us uh, last week. Open your eyes and look at the fields. No, no. Open your eyes and look at the fields. No, no, no. Open your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ripe for being harvested, and you need to understand, my church, my people, my beloved, you need to understand the season where you are living. There's a sea change. There's a sea change. There's a sea change. Decide in your heart which side of the line you are going to stand, because there is a sea change happening in the heavenlies. There is a war being released in the heavenlies that you haven't seen and you haven't understood, but it's there, it's prepared, it is done. The word is released, so open your eyes and look at the fields. Which side of the line are you going to stand when they come against you? Which side of the line are you going to stand when they tell you you're politically incorrect? Which side of the line are you going to stand when they curse you and spit at you? Which side of the line are you going to stand when your neighbours tell you you're mad or insane? Are you going to back off or are you going to open your eyes and see my harvest that is ripe? For wherever there is a sea change, there is a harvest. The season changes because there is a harvest. Open your eyes and look at the fields. Decide in your heart whether you can take the weight of my presence or whether you are going to back off. Decide now, for the season of decision cannot wait until the time of action. It has to be decided before, before you have to make that decision. Open your eyes and look at the fields, for I have a harvest that is crying out for me. I have a harvest that is crying out to be reached. I have a harvest that is crying out for my love. I have a harvest that is crying out for my touch. I have a harvest that is crying out for my healing. I have a harvest that is crying out for my compassion. Where do you stand on that line? The time for games is over for my church. Where do you stand on that line? Open your eyes, for my heart is beating for their hearts. My heart is beating in their pain. My heart is beating in their suffering. My heart is beating in their despair. Are you my people? Are you my servant? Are you my disciple? 
or are you just my fan who turns up to give me lip service this season? I do not speak like this lightly. I speak like this because I love the people. I love them and I love you enough to want to use you as you are. You don't have to sort yourself out. You don't have to be perfect. I've done that. I've won that victory. So open your eyes. Take your eyes off yourself. It's no longer about you. It's about me and it's about them. My harvest, my harvest. Not your harvest, my harvest. But you have to see it to be able to reap it. You have to see them to be able to come into the place where you are ready to reap what I want you to reap. For I want to partner with you. I want to work with you. I want to touch them. I want to do these things, but you have to be willing to have your eyes opened and take your eyes off self. It's not about what you need, where you are. It's about what I want you to be prepared to do. So open your eyes and look at my harvest. We, we will never be able to make Jesus known if we don't know him. People know whether we are talking about what we, we know and what we understand and who we are, we're meeting. They know if we know the person. You know, if you get someone and they say, oh, I met David Beckham once, or I met David Beckham and he said this to me, well, you don't know him. Do people know that we know Jesus, that we are living in the Father's embrace, that we are being led by the Spirit? They may not understand it, they may not get what we're talking about, but they'll know the difference between someone who's in relationship and who's not. With someone who's saying the words and doing things but isn't really there. People will be deceived and conned, but they will also know who is speaking the real deal as well. They will get it. And so we've, we've got that challenge. We, you know, if, if we really want to be active for Jesus, we need to be still before Jesus. And out of that stillness and out of that, that being, there is loads of, loads of kingdom stuff to be done, loads of fun to be had, loads of lives to be changed. But we've got to, we've got to, we've got to live what we are to be crass. We've got to live what we're selling. You know? Is it real to us? Are we really knowing him? Have we really got a deep relationship with him? Because we can talk about it, but there's a difference between living it, knowing him, and not. And so Jesus wants to work on our hand-eye coordination, that we might behold him, that we might know him, and then we can behold other people and the world and be right involved in our, his harvest field. And the reason I say our is because it might look slightly different for each one of us. God is at work. The seed of the kingdom is at work. It will produce a harvest. It's just, are we there to see it? God is working, whether we're sleeping or alert and awake, God is still working. God does more behind our backs than he does in front of our face. God is at work. And so we can just join him 
if we're beholding him, meeting with him, asking him, he will guide us, he will direct us, he will lead us. And then we don't have to get burnt out by doing everything and running around like a headless chicken, feeling guilty about what we are, are doing or what we aren't doing, but we can live in peace, in the peaceful relationship with our maker and then knowing that what I'm doing is what he has me do. And that's joy and that's peace. Now, it will, I'm sure it takes us a while to get to that place, but don't we want to be in that place? Lord, we're deeply, deeply thankful that you speak to us. We, we're so thankful for Helen and for Drew. We thank you, Lord, that they brought their words, that they believe they received from you to us. And so we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to give them careful and deep consideration, that we would meet with you over them, that as we consider, as we think, as we pray, as we wonder, Lord, we would engage with you deeply. Lord, lead us away from all that distracts us and worries us and upsets us so that as we meet with you, uh, we will see uh, like you see through the lens of your eyes so that we can deal with people and situations in your power and strength and not our own. Lord, how we need you. How we need you. Lord Jesus, you call us to a challenging lifestyle to be like you, <laughs> to be formed into your likeness and to make you known. And Lord, we can't do it in our own strength or power. We will fail miserably. How we need you, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, that you do come. And it's your power, your strength, your spirit, your grace that is at work in us so that we can be your hands and feet so that we can do all that you want us to do. And so, Lord, we pray that you would cause our, our hand coordination to be working really well, that we would behold you, that we would grow in intimacy and knowledge of you, and we would be involved in Holy Spirit action. Lord, we pray that you would activate us that you would commission us, that you would send us and that we would together would recognise each other's uh, uh, cause and gifts and that so that we can encourage and help and support one another. We pray, Lord God, your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives, in this church, in this community and beyond. So Lord, help us to know you and make you known, we pray. Jesus' name. Amen.